today's breakfast briefing is around performance UX. So what do we mean by performance UX? Well, I think to succeed in today's digital economy, brands need to make sure that they are taking their consumers through their website, through their brand properties, as efficiently, as effectively, as frictionlessly as possible. We need to make sure that they can get to do what they want to do on the site without any barriers being put in place. Their experience needs to be excellent. When you have a great experience on site, your metrics improve. You have better quality traffic coming to your site. You have more engaged users on your site. You have people converting at higher rates. You have more sales conversions. And ultimately, your ROI improves. Your CPA goes down. Conversely, if you've got a website that has a mismatch between the expectation of your users and the reality of what you deliver as an experience, then you'll see those metrics go backwards. You'll see less traffic coming to your website. You'll see poorer engagement rates. You'll see lower conversion rates, worse ROI, higher CPAs, etc. So it's crucial that you get your performance and your experience of your website as optimized as possible. Now, traditionally, we've looked at improving the uh, performance and experience of a website in two relatively siloed ways. Technical SEO, so looking at various elements of a website and optimizing that so the search engines see it in as a, as a favorable light as possible. And then CRO, or conversion rate optimization, where we're changing elements of the website from a consumer perspective to make sure that they can navigate through as quickly and efficiently as possible. Now, they have historically been running, as I said, relative silo, different budgets, often from different stakeholders within the business, within clients, different strategies, different tactics, and crucially, different metrics. Now, we think that there's a tipping point in how brands need to operate and that they need to think about technical SEO and conversion rate optimization as a more integrated function, which is what we call performance UX. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about what we mean by performance UX, the constituent elements of CRO and of technical SEO. And we're going to talk about how we think that by integrating some of those practices and having a more joined up approach, more joined up strategy, a more joined up set of tactics can deliver better experience and ultimately better conversion and ROI on your website. And the final piece that we will talk to you about is the creation of a new holistic KPI or metric, the Performance UX Index. We think that it's crucial to look at both technical SEO and CRO with one unified metric, with elements coming from both sides of those disciplines. So we have done a piece of work creating the index. We've run uh, over 400 sites from 300 brands, categorized into about 14 categories. And we're going to share some of the insights as to how some of the brands are faring and how they're working and how they're not working very well. So the iProspect Performance UX Index is the single metric we have come up with that looks to combine a number of factors so that we have that single metric that can give us an idea of how both CRO and technical SEO are faring. And the slightly scary news is that we can all do quite a bit better. In the travel sector alone, based on our calculations, they're leaving nearly £1 billion a year on the table. So how did we get there? What goes into our performance UX index? We have combined two sets of data. The first is the iProspect SiteSpeed tool that we have. The second is the Google Lighthouse API. From that, we have been able to look across 307 brands, 401 websites, and we've gathered over 10,000 data points. And we have then within there delved into three broad buckets of metrics. 
The first is looking at access. So are they progressive web app ready? Is it accessible to computers and humans, both practical sense and, for example, if you're using a sight reader? In the middle, we're thinking about the performance element. How do we actually use this? In particularly, um, when we're looking at the first interactive metric, when can you, as a user, do something? When can you click? When can you interact with that site? And that gives us a really good feel for the experience and how it feels to be on that site. And then most importantly, on, on the left-hand side, we're still thinking really strongly about speed. So in an absolute sense, so what's the load time, and in how it's being scored. And the reason this is the highest weighted metric for us, or highest weighted set of metrics, apologies, is that this is becoming increasingly important for the Google rankings. In 2012, the desktop speed was included in the ranking algorithm. And from July this year, mobile speed will be as well. So getting this wrong means your visibility will fall, will mean that your consumers and potential consumers cannot find you. So all of these have been blended with our proprietary algorithm to give us our performance UX index. And that's split between mobile and desktop because we know that customers for some, one is more important than the other. Um, but the single number that we're looking at is that blended metric. And what did we find out? The first was that 99% of sites are losing traffic due to slow load speeds, 99%. The Google benchmark is three seconds for a mobile site. Our average was 8.7 seconds. That's nearly three times above the benchmark. The second a scary stat for you is that 29% of pages for the mobile version was bigger than desktop. Now the benchmark here is half a megabyte. Our average was nearly eight times that at a little over four and only 4% of brands were delivering on best practice. We're thinking about loading in under three seconds, having that mobile page limit hit. There is a long way to go, which makes us wonder why? What is, what is going on in our data that means these are the facts that we can share with you? The index score. So this is grouped by industry, and we can see that there are some quite clear differences between, between the verticals that we looked at. So hospitality is absolutely leading the way. And then towards the bottom, we have telco and travel with, with some way to go. Now, the index is out of 100, and our average was under 43. And if we then start to look at some of the individual companies and kind of some of what's driving that, there are some good news stories. Unsurprisingly, Google is at the top, but even they're not perfect. Three of the top 10 are tech companies. That absolutely makes sense. But if we look at the index overall, we can see that tech and electrical is sort of third above the average line. And the, the star performers are absolutely dragging that average up, but that is telling us that mathematically there are some people with some way to go in there. Looking at those top 10 brands as well, we can start to see some fairly common themes. So where hospitality performed best on average, we only have one hospitality sector brand within there, and that's Pizza Hut. We had some other brands like Delivery really bringing up that average. And for there, we're thinking probably it makes sense, the need to get food in front of people quickly. And then also within here, the final theme I'll just pull out quite quickly is that we can also see some of the younger, newer organisations. So Ovo Energy, Confuse.com, again, brands that really need to have their shop window, the website, working really, really effectively. 
So some common themes that we found delving into the, the individual companies and performances within there. Probably one of the key drivers for the perhaps slightly poor statistics is the difference between brands needing multimedia assets and traditional creative. Now, what we mean by that is if we think about travel and them being sort of fairly towards the bottom, that was a surprise to me personally. I've always found travel sites quite easy to use. But if we think about what they're selling to us and, and how and why, a travel site needs to be both useful, and that can mean really rich imagery that can increase your page size, but it can also be quite complex. So how they're presenting stuff to you, the structure of the page and the variables that you can work within. And if we think about some of the more traditional creatives where it's a single static image for some of perhaps the slightly less exciting industries, again, that kind of makes sense to us that it's slightly smaller asset sizes and that we're able to load a bit more quickly and perform better. The next key theme is around legacy versus modern. Now, this has been a challenge for the industry for as long as I can remember. We talk about digital transformation a lot and that extends to your website. So a couple of fun facts for you. British Gas scored 29 in our index. You saw Ovo scored 66. Very scored 46. New Look scored 28. Massive differences between legacy organisations that have not yet been able to perhaps react with their websites as quickly as some of the newer arrivals on the scene. There's also a bit of a difference between luxury and mass market. And what's critical here is the experience that you are delivering for your customers. Trying to reach those benchmarks might not actually be the right answer. And for brands that are focusing on a beautiful, luxurious experience, how your website looks and feels is likely to be very different from a more functional website. And we saw massive differences between perhaps Burberry, luxury fashion brand, and IKEA slightly more practical um, you can buy basically anything you want there as long as it's not a Burberry coach. And then finally user perception versus reality. One of the metrics that's hidden in the Lighthouse API is a metric called perceived load and that is an approximation of how quickly the user perceives something to have loaded. Now what was really interesting here is that some industries clearly have more of a UX issue than others. So the clients that we looked at within Pharma they were perceived to be the slowest and were in fact the fastest. So we need to think about the elements that we're loading quickly and we're putting in front of our, our customers and what they find interesting. I'm not going to say that all pharma sites are boring, but your customers apparently think that might be the case. So what does this mean? What can we do with this information? The first is that we have looked at our own client data and we can see that there is genuinely a correlation between a better score and improved performance. So a 30% better score equated disproportionately to an improvement in bounce rate of around 38%. And what that means is that there is a dramatic bottom line impact. I gave you the scary one billion pound stat earlier. We were able to calculate that by looking at average order values, average traffic, and the amount of traffic that was being lost because of issues like slow site speed. So 15 travel organizations within our index losing on average £60 million a year, which very quickly gets you to £892 million, so our, our nearly £1 billion number. So dramatic impact from getting this right. Now the good news is that you can go and see what everyone else is getting up to. So you can visit our website, um, enter your URL that you are interested in, and it will give you the performance of that website against our index and the ranking against the industry sector. So what can you do today? Where do we go from here? First, do check out the competition, see where you rank in relation to your peers. And then from there, think about the best practices that you need to deploy. 
Is it a structural issue? Do you need your developer teams to be talking to your e-commerce teams, to be talking to your conversion teams? And then finally, please do remember that what we're thinking about here is not just absolute speed. It is a really important metric. It's one that you can focus on, you can understand, but we need to think about the experience because what is the best experience for your customers might not be the benchmark. It might need to be even better than the benchmark, but we need to think about this holistically and the Performance UX Index gives you a metric to measure how you're performing there. Thank you.